Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Carrie Ransom, in his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC. Welcome to the Accelerate Show. I'm Kerry Ransom, and today's episode is sponsored by OC4 Venture Studio, which is a new tech startup company building platform and community growing here in Southern California. If you're looking for help with your startup or opportunities to work with the next generation of high growth companies or want to be part of the SoCal startup community, you can go to OC4V.com to learn more. I am super excited to have Jessica, or I will call her Jess Oslo, with me on the Accelerate Show today. And before we get to hear from her, let me tell you a little bit about Jess. So she is a founding partner and clinical director of Vantus Institute, based here in Orange County. And I'll let her explain more about Vantus and the work that they do, and uh, particularly innovative in the area of what I would characterize broadly as aesthetics. But we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And for the last 10 years prior to Vantus, she was working with some of the most elite plastic surgeons in the country. And I really found it fascinating that she identifies herself as both passionate about medicine and art. And it seems like what she's doing at Vantus really combines those together. And she's also a kidney donor, a living kidney donor, which is a very generous act and i want to talk a little bit more about that today as well of course i'd love to so just great to have you here thanks Thank for joining you so me so much for having me i'm excited absolutely so let's get to the starting line i, I talked mm -hmm. a little bit about vantus tell the audience about vantus institute and really how it came to be um yeah so vantus you know to put it very uh, short we are a aesthetic company we deal with hair loss primarily so we do non-invasive um a hair restoration procedure, so no surgery, no downtime. Um, it's something that we created just with my background um, in paramedical pigmentation. So like you said, I came from plastic surgery. Um, I was a surgical tech medical assistant for a long time there. Um, and I actually started off with something called scar camouflage, which I still mm. do, um, you know, just because I, I have a lot of people I brought from my old office. Um, basically, it's a form of medical tattooing to camouflage scars after mastectomies, stretch marks, all that stuff. So I'm kind of the secondary thing after surgery. Um, and then after, you know, doing that for a long time, uh, I met up with uh, my one of my business partners and um, talking about hair restoration. So there's something called SMP and that's been around um, since about 2002. Okay. So SMP is scalp micropigmentation. It was meant for bald people. Mm. So it was something I wasn't trained in. So I actually flew out to um, England and trained with the guy who invented it. So I wanted to be trained with the best. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they're not medical, though. So I some of the training, I took what was good from it. And then a lot of it didn't make sense to me. So um, also with our demographic in Newport, you know, specifically in Orange County, most of the people don't really want to rock the bald look. And so I basically morphed the old technique with my knowledge from the surgery and the pigments and stuff that I was used to using. And I created a procedure that was 
meant for people with hair loss, mm-hmm. um, thinning, post-hair transplant, people who didn't want to shave their head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I created VFR, so Vantus Follicle Replication, and it has um, been awesome because I'm able to really treat the people that are in our group or Orange County mm-hmm. our demographic. Um, but there, there's been a lot of learning curves, you know, when we did develop it. Um, that's really perfected it to where it is now. Um, but we're super excited moving forward because, I mean, it, it's phenomenal procedure. That's very cool. So I, I want to go a little bit uh, deeper into this. So you talked about this micropigmentation yep. technology in, in England that had been invented. What what was the what was it designed to do? So you said you, you sort of I mean, I, and I love this as a as a topic for innovation because sort of studying what someone has done for a particular problem, maybe seeing how you can reapply it to another problem, I, I always find to be really interesting and, and a way to spur entrepreneurial creativity. So it, it seems like you, you've done this very, very effectively. So what you said it was designed originally for for people that were bald, but what was it actually trying to achieve? Was it more so of a create uni- uniformity or something? or? So when you're bald, you have this bright pink scalp, mm-hmm. you know, and what they do is they, um, the theory is you only use black ink and you dilute it on a gray scale mm. to give the illusion of a five o'clock shadow mm-hmm. of a shaved head. Mm-hmm. So um, for bald people, it looks great. It sure. looks very natural, but it just, to me, it seemed like such a niche thing that mm-hmm. wouldn't appeal to people here. Sure. Um, in addition to that, and this is where I think you have to have some sort of medical background, um, I'm not sure how much you know about bald heads, but they have less vascularity blood supply where hmm. hair has a lot of vascularity. Okay. So when you do any type of pigment around vascularity like that, your body's going to create this immune response to attack the pigment and get rid of it. Mm. So it won't actually work on people with hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of knew what I wanted to do. Um, one of the things that was cool with Vantus is, you know, we, I don't really want to be stagnant. I want to make this, I mean, keep on being the best and just keep on developing more stuff. So, We've had um, just brought some people on our board of advisors that are specialized in their field. So we partnered with uh, Dr. Carson Bruns. So he's um, on the research team for nanotechnology at Colorado University. Okay. Very unique guy. He's done TED Talks on tattoo pigments. Hmm. And he has all these patents on stuff that detects UV exposure and di- uh, sugar levels for diabetics. So he's like the medical side of tattooing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we partnered with him. He's kind of gone over, you know, how to counteract this immunoresponse. And we've developed this whole protocol and pigments that can go on people with hair that have that vascularity. And we're able to replicate the illusion of new hair growth. Mm-hmm. So you're not seeing bright pink scalp show through, sure. you know, the thinning hair. Um, but it, it's been great because most businessmen don't want to take six months off or whatever for a hair transplant. Sure. They are in the public eye too much. Um, so we're really excited. You know, we're going to continue to bring on more people out of our board of advisors because we want to keep on growing. Uh, we actually, before COVID happened, we filed a worldwide patent for something very exciting coming out. So hopefully we'll be releasing that soon. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So I think, you know, the great explanation there of what you saw happening, you thought it was niche, you saw a, a ability to really apply it that you think just for my audience who are entrepreneurs largely or aspiring ones just to to really deeply evaluate and and be open to the idea that hey this could be used in totally different ways and there are innovation opportunities to build on top of it so my question next is is this considered a medical procedure in any way and do do you have to 
sort of navigate any of the medical profession as a part of this? Um, no, that's actually the beauty of it. We're considered aesthetic. So mm -hmm. it is nice because, you know, we there's an overlapping with medical, I think, because I still do the scars. So sure. I, I'm still connected with a lot of the surgeons in the area. Um, but it is aesthetic. There's no medical product in mm -hmm. it. So we don't have all the same rules and regulations that um, the medical industry mm -hmm. does take on. Um, and also no downtime. No, I mean, it, it's really easy, you mm -hmm. know, which is nice. There may be, though, with the patent we are coming out with, it may cross over into a medical mm -hmm. um, in the future. So there may be a different tiers of the procedures we offer mm -hmm. um, that may be a little more advanced. So um, as I said, I, I think we always want to continue to grow. Um, I get bored if, you know, we're not thinking mm -hmm. of the next best thing. Sure. So um, hopefully that will be rolled out within the next year. Okay. And, and as you think about you having had some experience on the, the more, I'll call it regulated medical side, what do you see as the benefits of going that route versus trying to, to stay in this more aesthetic world? Um, well, there's a little bit, you can do stronger stuff. Um, mm. There's, you know, I'm trying not to give away what we're actually sure. developing, but there's things that can appeal to different audiences. You know, people, because the, the procedure I offer right now, I can cover any type of range of hair loss. If it's mm -hmm. just minor receding, I do people in their 20s who are mm -hmm. just barely noticing hair loss. So they're kind of on top of it. I do just the crown only. I do full heads, you know, so it depends on what you're looking for. But for people who, you know, don't really want surgery for the hair transplant, but kind of want that result. Mm -hmm. um, it would be nice to offer a medical grade procedure that's also less invasive than that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we're striving for because, you know, in the aesthetic space, non-invasive treatments are taking over the surgical world. And mm -hmm. that's something we know the numbers back that up. So, you know, if the numbers are there, we want to be going towards that direction and keeping sure. the non-invasive, but have different tiers to accommodate what people want. Uh, I think that makes a ton of sense. I mean, one, one of our investments is in a company focused on this whole trend of, as I call it, food is medicine. And it's a much more functional way to treat trend. to treat a lot of, of otherwise di diagnosed diseases with um, really just better data. Mm -hmm. So we as consumers can be more informed to make decisions. Medicine should be preventative. It shouldn't be about treating sick people. That should be, you know, your last case scenario. Unfortunately, that's, that's our culture though now, but... That's right. Well, I think, but I think it's, there is a, a big trend, as you said, in, in this direction of feeling like I have more control. And, and there certainly are, um, you know, significant events that occur that uh, at times clearly require medical intervention. And we want that. 100%. That is, I love when you say take control, because that's actually how we even market. It's take control of everything. Mm -hmm. um, we actually, uh, label ourselves as an aesthetic optimization clinic versus, you know, just cosmetics. We mm -hmm. don't do lasers or any of the foo-foo-y stuff. It's straight to the point. How do you make yourself better? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I love the take control. So as you think about where Vantus goes today, you're a clinic. You have, do you, in, in your mind, do you have your own device that you're using to do this? And do. where do you go from here? Do you start opening other clinics? Do you start licensing or selling this device to other people to use, or how, how do you see things going forward? We actually have a very clear plan. Um, we wanna do an academy where we actually train people. Mm -hmm. uh, we would have a very strong vetting process to let them in, you know, cause I ideally would like people with some sort of medical background cause I want them to represent our brand uh, mm -hmm. appropriately and have the respect in the medical community, mm -hmm. whether or not we stay aesthetic or- It's like, a, it's crossover. a new, it's a new title, medical artist. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, the thing is, even with medical tattooing, you know, one thing that I learned from that is there is people, even like myself, I don't have tattoos. Mm-hmm. I never want one, you know, and you're going to get a lot of people like that who don't want anything associated with it. And mm-hmm. the truth is, paramedical pigmentation is completely different. It's different mm-hmm. actual pigment. The inks that tattoo artists use are, they actually have like car paint in them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that, but. Mm-hmm. There's a huge difference. Technique is different. Machine is different. Pigments mm-hmm. are different. You know, the ingredients are actually regulated by the FDA that we use. So um, I do want there to be a strong separation mm-hmm. in that. And so if we're going to do an academy, I want that, you know, to be recognized in the sure. community. But we will be doing a, an academy. We actually had a whole program rolled out for surf and sand, um, you know, where we would actually have people come in. Mm-hmm. And it's like a boot camp where we would train. Um, and then they would have to have continued education once a year. So it's almost like a membership. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So what other, I mean, as you, as you think about it, you know, you, you mentioned a patent that you, you filed. I mean, what other things do you see on the horizon for this industry or um, for the business? Yeah. So, I mean, it's everything that we want to do is all non-invasive because I think that's, you know, our, our culture, we're going more towards fast pace. You mm-hmm. know, it's the, the Uber culture. No one will tolerate waiting for a cab anymore. Sure. Everyone wants things fast. They want things that are accurate, safe. Um, you know, we do all organic stuff, you mm-hmm. know, at our office. So we want to stick with our original model that it is safe, no downtime. Um, but you know, we, as I said, we want to bring more people on our board of advisors. I, we're in the process of seeking out one of the top dermatologists right now, you know, cause I want every aspect mm-hmm. of what we do to just have great minds all come together. Um, but I think that's how you grow, you sure. know, is to open your doors to other great minds. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the patent will be big. We we do have some other stuff that we may be filing patents on soon. So, um, you know, given the circumstance with COVID, I, I would actually say this is going to be a great year for us. So um, we're really excited. That's great. So great transition. You know, you talk about recruiting a, a fairly diverse board of advisors, you know, the best in these respective fields. Part of why I started this show was to really try to create more awareness and more of what one of the words that we use a lot around OC4 is this word collisions. So we really want to promote more active collisions here in the community because often that's where breakthrough ideas come from and people from different industries and different backgrounds when you bring them together, it happens. So as you think about that, what what are the things that you think we could do better here? You've been here a while. You're a you know a a woman entrepreneur in a in a woman run business. What what do you think we can do better to create more of those collisions? Um, actually, that's what appealed like the octane appealed to me. So mm-hmm. I spent I mean the last ten years doing all the aesthetic conferences mm-hmm. and. Octane was extremely diverse. I mean, there were some medical, there was tech people, there was investors. It, I've never been in anything like that. And if, you know, once we can gather again or even do virtual mm-hmm. or somehow create that, um, what Octane is doing is phenomenal. And I think mm-hmm. that's what attracted me because usually everyone is very like, no one wants to give out their secrets and everyone's very just secretive about it. And then they don't grow. So you may be a successful surgeon or successful, like you said, there's a lot of, you know, female entrepreneurs, but they don't necessarily have the idea to scale you know they're content and i think getting more experts at everything who are open they have to have a certain personality who Mm -hmm. are open to learning and open to actually giving advice to other people um that's how the community is going to grow octane's been i I can't wait for the seminars and the 
<laughs> congregations to come back because that was amazing last year. I think it was January. You mm-hmm. were, yeah. Yeah, it's a good, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm a huge supporter of Octane. I've been involved since its earliest days. And I think it, it is a, uh, it's representative of what we need more of here. And you know, the beauty to me of this area is we have expertise in virtually every industry here. Um, and, and some people would criticize that and say that, you're sort of a mile wide and inch deep, but we have world-class companies in aesthetics and in medical devices and in software and in action sports and automotive and all these really interesting industries. And historically, a lot of them have been very siloed. And that I think one of the things Octane has done a good job of is really trying to create some of that cross-pollination, even across some of those innovation categories like uh, technology and uh, medicine or, or healthcare, and so hopefully we'll we'll see more of that happening in in coming years for sure. I hope so. So what, as you think about being a, a business owner and a business leader in Orange County, what are the things that you feel like existed here that would help support you more proactively? Um, you know, I, I actually am very happy with Orange that's County, great. to be honest, like what you're just saying. I, I I like to travel a lot, and that's mm-hmm. one thing I've learned with traveling is there was one point in my life I thought I wanted to leave Orange County. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, the cost of living, it's just – but then when I start traveling, it, you know, we do have an immense amount of opportunity mm-hmm. here. There are – I mean, people who get their success come here. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where they retire. This is – so you can either – choose to kind of capitalize off of all the opportunity you have here and network and socialize. I mean, I, I think the opportunity is here. Mm-hmm. I, I like Orange County. Orange County is my favorite place in California. It's probably my favorite place in the nation. Um, but I, I think it's just networking, you know, I think that's really the only thing to do here, but. Okay. That, that's, yeah. I think it's helpful. I mean, it's funny that there um, is a lot of evidence that Orange County is almost what I would characterize as a best kept secret. Uh, the the reaction like you have that I have uh, that a lot of people who are here have is this is amazing. I've traveled a lot of places and it gives you perspective to really uh, understand what we have. A lot of people outside don't understand that. They don't. They don't. So I think in one of the things we probably have to do is even promote all that is here more proactively so that others do understand what's here. And I think that will help because, it, you know, we have a tremendous amount of resources here in the area, to your point, that aren't as well networked as they probably could be. And I think we have to continue to work on that and invite others to participate. But um, on the national global scale, I think we also have to really continue to highlight. And that's part of why I even started this is to show that there are amazing, creative, innovative, talented people right here in our backyard and often they just haven't ever been highlighted. And so, you know, you're a perfect example of that. Thank you. Yes. So as you think about what's ahead, I mean, you're very hopeful, optimistic. I think those are key characteristics any entrepreneur has to have because this is hard. Building companies is hard and trying new things is hard. You're, you're typically going to stumble a few times along the way and that's part of it that we have to keep after it and have that persistence so as you think about yourself what are the things you do to just keep yourself sharp and 
and sort of on that bleeding edge of, of creativity. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's easy when you said stumble. There's definitely stumbling involved when you're starting Mm -hmm. a business. And I think it's how you take the stumbles. Mm -hmm. You know, we've kind of joked around that we've definitely had those, you know, and um, every time you have something, it's almost like a reset. So if you hit a stumble, we all literally come together and we're like, let's reset. How do we actually make this an opportunity? And we've done a really good job at that so far where almost every bad thing has been turned into a positive. It's worked out almost Mm -hmm. better. But I I think the biggest part of that is your attitude and your drive. I've always been super big on work ethic. So, you know, you hire people who are very motivated, passionate, you know, even, you know, great skill. If they don't have a worth ethic, they're not going to benefit your company. So um, our whole team is really strong. We feed off of each other. There's no one, you know, the the way I like running stuff is you're not above anybody. Everyone Mm -hmm. just has their role. Mm -hmm. And that gets more people to contribute into it. Um, But, you know, it's, it's just show up every day and every day have a goal, you know, that's obtainable, you know, it's almost like one week at a time. And as long as you keep on doing it, you're going to move forward. And, you know, you feed off the energy of your team. And it's, I mean, nothing stops you at that point. But it's all, I think, attitude, how you handle it and moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think they say that if you are driven enough, you know, everyone will become millionaires if you keep on working towards it. Sure. That's good. So one of the things I always ask my guests kind of at the end of our time together is to share a piece of advice. I think you, you sort of just did, uh, or a key lesson that they've learned along the way. So as you think about my audience, which is a lot of very entrepreneurial folks that, that listen, what's a piece of advice that you would have or a key lesson that you feel like you've learned that you'd love to share with them? Um, yeah, I honestly just say to don't doubt yourself. You know, I think that's the biggest thing because I, I dealt with that a lot. You know, I had a really good job with a, one of the best plastic surgeons in Newport. I got paid very well, you know, better than if I would have gone anywhere else. And so taking a, a leap, you know, is a very hard decision. But then, you you know, I was envisioning where I wanted to be in 20 years. And um, I think it's just believing in yourself and just not letting any no's or stumbles get you down, you know. And again, and it goes right back to, your drive, just keep on moving forward and just kind of this, like, yes, you can, no one could stop you personality, you know, and you'll get there. I mean, by the time, like, we've taken every little, like, week by week. And now when we look back, we're like, I can't believe all the stuff we did in last year. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. But if you try to do too much, if you're looking at your one year, five year plan, it may overwhelm you and you may be like, we can't do it. Yes. So maybe take day by day, week by week at a time, little goals end up in a big goal. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great, great point. And, and I think that idea, I mean, you still want those three-year visions and, and one-year plans, but having those weekly, quarterly type of, of uh, building blocks that you can work toward, I think is a super important. And I, I talk to a lot of really excited early stage entrepreneurs through what I do here. And many times they're so fixated on this vision that could be 10 years down the road that they're never going to get there because they don't have a plan. And, uh, you know, I, I can tell just by this conversation that you, you are very biased to action and, and very much about how do you make those steps day by day, because that's how you ever are going to get to whatever this future vision is. So Jess, thank you so much for joining me and for sharing your enthusiasm and your progress and for really accelerating innovation here in Orange County. It's it's always inspiring for me to meet entrepreneurs who are making it happen day by day, and you're clearly doing your part, and I wish you all the best with Vantus and, and everything beyond. 
Thank you. It's so nice being on here. Yes, and we'll hopefully talk soon. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at accelerateoc.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's accelerate OC together. 